Hello, hello, and welcome to Borealis Experience. I'm so happy to have my friend Gabrielle with me today. We connected many years ago at the college and yeah, reconnected now because Gabrielle is posting very inspiring stuff. Uh, he is a seeker for truth. He is a person who calls people out on their bullshit. He's the friend you wish you had at your side when shit gets, uh, you know, serious because he cuts through and allows you to see your blind spots. At least that's what I uh, experience when, when I'm roaming around on your page. Um, I really love how you connect um, physics and chemistry and spirituality, uh, politics, geopolitics. Um, I'm really excited to share with my listeners, with the world, how your brain is approaching certain subjects nowadays that some people, you know, feel very triggered and very helpless and powerless. And you just give people a beautiful angle on, on things, on, on topics that are, yeah, affecting all of us at the moment. So this is why I invited you. <laughs> Maybe I didn't give you a, a proper explanation on why I connected with you and wanted you on this podcast. But here you are. Here we are. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Gabriel de Freitas. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where did your journey begin when it comes to expressing yourself like you do today? Were you always a very, you know, expressive person or did you have a time in your life where you were more of an introvert, more of an observer? And then there was a day, there was a time where you knew you cannot hold it back anymore. Um, fill us in. Well, I grew up in Brazil, right? And um, we didn't have much, like we weren't poor, you know, but we didn't really have much. So like my education was the only thing I had in contact with, like thinking and, and, and putting my brain into things to do and other things. Right? But like, uh, so like growing up, it would, it was, it was a little bit of, uh, uh, unmotivational in terms of like what I would do and things like that, like education and other things. Cause my school was like very dull. It's not like schools here in, in, in Canada where you have like a lot more experiences to do, you know, like things to really learn. It was, it's more like a industrial approach to education. So education to me was always kind of like, I hated going to school, you know, mm -hmm. I totally hated. And I was super shy too growing up. So um, the whole thing of like socials inside of school was awful for me. You know, I hated it. Like I totally hated going to school. I was always the kid that was like, I wasn't, I wasn't on the side of the, the most popular kids. And I also wasn't with the, the, the other kids that I, it was just me and one other kid that was friends, you know what I'm saying? Always. And I always spent like kind of one or two years in each school that I 
ever studied in my life. I was always moving, going from school to school. So I never really like attached too long to someone, you know, like friends and other things. I never had, a, I didn't have a brother growing up. My, my parents had one kid before I, I was born, but they died, he died because of uh, meningitis. So I grew up already like after my parents lost a kid, you know, so they were kind of like attached, even though they, they divorced when, when I was like four. Um, and I grew up with my mom and stuff, but like, which was even poorer in terms of finance, you know, like money and stuff. Um, my, my father wasn't very present for the first few years and stuff, but like he came through later in life, you know, like everyone needs to go through a journey of maturity and he had one too, <laughs> you know, made lots of mistakes, but like now I have another brother that I haven't even met because he's in Brazil. He's six years old, you know, um, and uh, my father is a totally different person too, even being more present than he has ever been in my life to, to my brother. Right. Um, so like it was only after I would say, I was in grade 10 or 11 that like I started realizing that pretty much my whole life was in a state of kind of depression. The only happy moments I had were moments of like total uh, different type of experiences. So like when I was uh, with my father trying to like learn how to build a house, a tree house, you know, like literally grabbing wood and going to the top of the tree, nailing it down and trying to build a house. To me, that was like a totally different experience. So like it was, I didn't understand it back then, but my happiness came from the use of my brain, like a thinking, applying to real life situations, you know, uh, the more, uh, in, on a autopilot I was living, the, the more depressed I would be. So just waking up every day, going to school, coming back, not seeing the point of it all. Right. Like I hated math to me. It, it was completely pointless. <laughs> I study physics now. <laughs> it's, it's a totally different person, you know, like, uh, and so like, uh, pretty much, after like I was say 14 or 15, like I started realizing, putting, rationalizing more, right? Like actually putting into words and thoughts in my mind. And I started realizing that I needed more than the school could offer me. So I was what, grade 12, 11, yeah, around that. Uh, so like uh, I had the opportunity of coming to Canada when I was 17 and then in Canada, I had a different experience to information and even the the whole language itself, you know, learning how to speak English. That was already like pleasing to my brain, you know. Uh, so it was it was like a, a process. I didn't really understand myself after like 20 years, you know. It took 20 years to understand that like I am thirsty for information and that fulfills me in ways that pretty much nothing else does you know like uh the things that i that used to bother me of thinking through complicated issues was more like being bothered by the unknown by the 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 thinking of something that you had never thought before but i started realizing that the more you think and the more you connect with other information the easier it becomes you know and then even for writing like i i studied international relations right 
with Leonardo. You, you you remember Leo, right? Leonardo Nunes Maya, yeah. Uh, we were classmates in international relations. And international relations, it was one of the, the greatest experiences in my life to learn how to write. Like how to write cohesively, how to write logical arguments based on literature, based on information with, with a, a, an academic logic. And I'm talking about 60 pages papers, you know, like it's not short stuff. It's like a lot of information. And a lot of that is based on um, dialectic. Dialectic is, is like the, the, the logical argumentation of, of different points of views without actually ever coming to conclusion because you can't come to a conclusion. You know, under dialectic, you're going to uh, analyze history and politics and the point of life itself and everything, but never actually come to a conclusion. You, you can talk about communism and capitalism, the, the awesome stuff from one thing, the awesome stuff from the other thing, the bad stuff from one thing, the bad stuff from the other thing. You can cross-reference them and put them against different scenarios and you keep talking and talking and talking, but it never comes to a point to say, Therefore, capitalism is the best one. Therefore, communism is the best one. You, you, you don't have to come to a conclusion because you understand that it's so complex that there, there is no conclusion. You know, anything could be possible depending on innumerable types of like variables, you know. So, so yeah, like uh, I started like having that experience throughout my life, like, uh, reading different stuff. I, I would read from history and all, all, there were all things outside of school. You know, there were all things that like I was curious for. So like when I first came to Canada, it was like kind of like the first time in my life that I read, I think I read like nine books in a one year period when I was 17. Right. Uh, so it was, it was the first time in my life that I was like, I just want to, I, before that, I only had read Harry Potter, you know, like <laughs> Harry Potter was the only thing I had ever finished reading. And I had the pleasure of reading before Harry Potter. I would say, I hate reading. I hate reading. I don't like reading. I wouldn't have patience for reading. Right. But like Harry Potter kind of made me like, see, you actually like reading the stuff that you want to read, <laughs> you know? So when I came to Canada, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to read the school stuff. It's boring. I never liked it. It's not going to be today that I'm going to start liking it. So I went to the public library of Vernon in, in BC. Right. Um, and I just walked in and I would like walk around whatever book that picked my interest, I would grab it and see if I wanted to read. And if I wanted, I would read the whole thing. So I started studying about religion, you know, ancient religions, like Egypt religions, you know, the, the whole history of Egypt, actually, you know, and I was surprised, you know, for the first time in my life, right? Like, I was like, what, Egypt lasted 2,000 years? You know, and I was like, we're here for like, what, 600, <laughs> you know, after the, 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 the ocean expansions and ocean explorations, you know, oversea exploration. So that was like in the 1500s. So rounded up to like six, 600 years and our civilization in 600 years went through world wars, you know, and, and all sorts of all of that stuff. So like, anyway, so I, I started connecting all of that information, you know, like I was already the computer kid. So I already understood a lot about technology. Like I grew up 
I was a hacker when I was a kid. I even got in trouble once with like the the, <laughs> the police, you know, because I, I was hacking websites and yeah. But like instead of like getting in trouble, the police just recommended my my parents to put me in a, like this online course that lasted like actually three years and would teach us how to use our hacking knowledge to make money, to like, you know, like actually offer, you know, security services to other companies and stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'm like the result of a bunch of seeds that happened in mo multiple moments in my life. And I made sure to grab on and hold on to those seeds, you know, that in, in now in the future, right? Like in the present, actually, the future from the past, uh, I'm like, harvesting those seeds because I made sure to protect them kind of thing. But like, I went through a bunch of other bad stuff. Like I, I was kind of homeless when I was like seven, around seven years old, six, seven. My, um, like I was living with my mom. My, my father wasn't answering the phone. Like he thought it was like, kind of like a, a ruse or we were, you know, lying or something. My mom was lying to draw attention or something, but like there was this huge rain fall in Brazil and stuff. And uh, there was floods everywhere and we lost our house to the floods. The floods, like literally, I remember this huge tsunami wave coming down and then like just destroying the whole house. And we, we were like living on the last second, the car with like, it looks like a movie, like an apocalyptic movie, you know? And I was a kid, right? Like I was inside of the car and stuff. So like, it, it was just me and my mom in the car for like eight months or so. Uh, we were like literally sleeping at the parking lot of, uh, of, uh, pharmacy because the pharmacy had like an overnight security guard right so it was kind of safer <laughs> um but like it was eight months that i didn't know how long it was gonna last it was eight months that it could have like to me it was like maybe years you know like i didn't know when it was gonna last it's too much anxiety right every day you like is this the last day every day and then eight months through it like it feels like an eternity <laughs> <laughs> but I, I choose to look back and like, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. Cause all of these things are what made me the person that I am today. You know, it's like a, a roller coaster would make the roller. Would you make the roller coaster flat? <laughs> like if you make the roller coaster flat, it's not a roller coaster anymore. You know, it's, it's not fun. It's, it, it, there's no point to it life is kind of like a roller coaster you know if you change the up and downs then it's not life anymore <laughs> you know like even if you look at history and evolution life you know like the whole thing like we are literally the product of everything that didn't die that's basically what evolution is you know <laughs> yeah. anything that didn't die kept reproducing and, and and passing its genes to next generations and next generations and that's why we're here you know, like, so it, are we going to be like, oh, that's not fair. That's that's bad. You know, like, like, who are we to judge this natural cycle of life? One day this planet is going to blow up in one way or another, you know, either by the, the expansion of the of the star itself, you know, and completely swallowing it up or by uh, internal reactions. But like the planet itself doesn't last forever. 
you know, not even the state of, of sustaining life, that's going to go way before the planet goes. Uh, but like at some point, the, even the planet itself is going to break apart and, and just become dust again, billions and billions of years in the future. But whenever that does happen, even more billions and billions and billions of years later, all of that dust might just clog up again and make another plan and then life starts again, you know, <laughs> or not. But that's, the, you know, it's really the, for all we know, we are made of carbon that was once life in another planet, you know. Uh, so literally uh, uh, organic molecules, right? So carbon, protein, amino acids and other things. So like, Again, I don't want to like jump forward, but like, yeah, basically that's me. <laughs> like, is... I'm always like connecting <laughs> one thing to the other. <laughs> so my dear listeners, this is Gabriel in a nutshell. Um, I hope I didn't, uh, yeah, you so far exceeded my expectations and I find it so beautiful, like how easily you put things into words and then express yourself so that it's very easy to to follow you as well um what i love most is when you explained the was it dialect dialectic dialectic yeah, yeah so it's got like this tick before it instead of like dialect yeah right? so dialect is more like language and dialectic it's the this argumentation of points without ever like really coming to a conclusion because it would be hypo hypo hypocritical to come to a conclusion exactly and and oh i feel this is what what everybody has to look at right learn now. <laughs> yes yeah. learn in order to to stay centered and grounded and yes to stay informed but to not run around like chickens with a chopped off head right and to to know that life is so extremely complex and our brain will always want to find something to cling on to. But the moment we do that, we see separation and feel separation. We see others and us, and we see something is happening over here, but not over here. And, and you help people to see the connectedness and the big picture. And I'm sure that, I mean, I struggled with depression and still have my depressive phases, but to to see the big picture, to see how small we are and how big this universe is and how, you know, short our lifespan is, it puts you into perspective and helps you to to kind of get out of this darkness. At least it did it for me when I listened to you. And then the second thing I'd like to to comment on is the policemen, the the guys who caught you hacking and who saw your potential, who saw that this boy, this youngster has strong energy and he's using it, you know, for for the wrong reasons right now and we're going to yeah. channel this energy into something online vandalism. That's that's what hacking is. <laughs> online vandalism yeah it's really just hey i'm gonna walk in here this is a nice website but you lost it <laughs> oh. you know just because i can and you you failed on protecting it ha 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 yes yeah <laughs> basically and what it is 
but but for them to channel your energy into something good uh probably saved your life because they could have come and just punished you and made you feel like the yeah. worst person ever and then you could have either become more depressed or more destructive um yeah exactly more criminal you know what i'm gonna yeah. now start stealing money yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then how you went through the homelessness and the extreme pains at a very young age and, and to see you, you know, blossom today and, and being there for others, inspiring others, um, is, is so incredibly inspiring. You're not a victim to what, um, to the circumstances that you went through, you kind of rose above and, and learned from it and, are not now helping others and when it comes to i was a victim and until i realized sorry i was a victim until i realized that um i had a choice that it's all about a choice and it's kind of something that people get offended about right like when you say like you it, you choose you have to choose to be happy like even you're in depression whatever it is the problem is when the person in depression because i i was this person once here is that it's all about a choice they take it to a personal side of like so you mean that i haven't made that choice yet so you mean that it's all my fault so you mean and then they go down in a spiral that's not even that way you know that they are the one interpreting that as an offensive thing what we're saying that it's your choice is because it's your choice to start making something different about what you're feeling you know like uh, uh eat better sleep better uh like exercise you have to really force yourself through these things because they are what will break the cycle you're in like a a, a circle going around 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 and that's the easiest uh movement right like to to break out of that movement you have to spend extra energy it's kind of like getting out getting out of the planet with a with a rocket right going to the moon with a rocket that's called the velocity scape scape velocity so the scape velocity is basically the amount of energy that you need to spend in order to break apart from the pull of the gravity of the earth you know if you if you're like one kilometer per hour slower than the speed that's required you're gonna go up 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 and then and back to earth you know what i'm saying so like you need to have that constant extra speed to break out of that it's the same thing when you're in a cycle in life of depression of bad things you say that it's because of the depression and you have this condition and you hug it out and you protect it and you say that oh i can't go and do an exercise because i don't feel like living guess what you will not If you if you hope if you're like waiting for some kind of medicine that will take and help you maybe that that should in some cases that's good you know like it will help you as as a as a temporary leverage but you also can't depend on that like you have to use that leverage of the medicine that you were prescribed and like literally uh, address the roots of the issue while you you have some kind of movement you know but you have to do something about it it's not just gonna be like something that's gonna come and make you feel better and then suddenly you're gonna start working out and do everything blah 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 like even if that happens you're just gonna be dependent on that medicine because you, you still haven't addressed the issues you know so the idea is like you take the medicine you take action but it, the action is the important part the medicine is just an aid you know so you take the action and you and you bring the results out after that action you know? mm. 
Totally. That all makes so much sense. And depression feels like gravity times 10, you know, like gravity and then times 10, it makes you so heavy and so lethargic and to bring up the energy to break out of it is you just think it's not possible. It's not never going to happen. And don't get me wrong. The journey is tough and not beautiful, um, but there is also parts to it that are extremely light and easy and remembering who you were as a child and and what truly brings you joy. So it really has, yeah, very beautiful sides to it and very tough sides. But once you overcome them, you are so much stronger and so much more, yeah, resilient and and able to see that life is incredibly precious and beautiful um very very well put into words um i i have a feeling that i want to invite you back onto this show um <laughs> and talk more about uh, geopolitics but to just cut a little bit into what's happening right now with humanity and um to Uh, show people how you address these uh, circumstances right now. Um, what would you say, where, where did we drift off and where are we at right now? And how can we as a whole get to a better place? Well, one, one, way I like to start analyzing these things is looking at the entire nature of humanity, you know, and when you look at the entire nature of humanity, you have to look at the entire history, at least as much as we know about history of humanity, right? There are things that we're only recently discovering. Um, I forgot, I got now the, the, the name of the city, but it's in Turkey. There is this ancient city in Turkey it was literally as far as we know now, which is recent discovery for the last five years, I guess, um, that like that ancient city was the first city of humanity, you know, ever. And it lasted literally over a thousand years. And that was before the Sumerians, before the Egyptians, before the Mayans and Aztecs, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm talking about like 12, 16,000 years ago. You know, that's a lot of time. And ever since then, we've been in a cycle. There is no drifting off. We're still in the cycle. Even when we go through periods of peace, it's all just part of the cycle. You know, like, it's not like, oh, we got peace. And then now we ruined. No, it, it was already just, we never broke out of it. You know, we still never broke out of it. Because it lacks... Uh, We still we're still children as a, as a race, you know, as a as a as a brain, a collective brain. We're still very, very, very immature. Oh, but we've been here for thousands of years. Yeah, but we're still immature, <laughs> you know, like in many ways, in many, 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 many ways. Like the whole is 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 the result of the of the sum of the parts, right? So like the entire result of All the reality of humans is literally the result of individual parts. 
it, there is nothing divine that comes and dictates the war and stuff. No, it's really just humans acting among each other, you know. Uh, so how, how are we to expect anything different? If we know, have you met humans? <laughs> you know, we know how humans are. We know how lost they are in their own existence. Sometimes they even live their entire lives being lost. You know, and no matter if they die at 20 or if they die at 80, you know, they might still live their entire lives and completely lost, um, lost in the reasons, lost in, because reality is entirely subjective, especially for the human mind. You know, we're completely uh, programmable, conditionable, indoctrinatable, you know, uh, uh, if, if you grab a human and you raise that human inside of a white room, their entire lives and you don't show them anything. Uh, and then when you're like later older and you walk in with this, um, let's even take off the, the, the whole experience of someone walking in. I'd say that's fine. <laughs> Cause even that, that would be like, Holy shit, who are you? You're an alien. Am I alone? What, I, you know, like it would be a whole, but let's say that person walks in and shows a drawing of a kid that and says, this is a picture of outside. The human would totally believe because they don't have anything to relate to, like any other information to say, like, oh no, this is real and this is a drawing, <laughs> you know. Like they, they it's how our mind works. We can be literally educated to believe in any reality possible, even be happy within war. If you look at like Vikings, for example, it's a perfect example that most people would know. Vikings were literally happy for killing people. And that was looked up upon, you know what I'm saying? But like, it, it was the reality of back then because that's really how one person would sustain the other reality, right? Like everyone that's part of the entire reality was sustaining the reality itself. So it takes, literally, it took hundreds of years to break out of that, you know, um, of that one culture. But if you analyze the whole violence of culture of violence, we're still in thousands of years in cycles you know we just changed our methods and stuff but we're still going in a war justifying for the same reasons justifying because of uh cultural differences religion differences why do you think countries have official religions it's really just a, a practice that started at the beginning of of modern organizations of societies in order to avoid war you know like they would say like no our country is officially Catholic, you know, so let's not fight about that. It's decided, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it was literally because before uh, you'd have conflicts, right? Like people would start like killing each other and justifying because no, they're not from here. They, they have a different religion, you know, or something like that. So like it, it was officially determined one so that the whole government and, and, and state would like uh, educate the rest of the population on that one religion and kind of like, uniform things right unify things so like stabilize by making everyone in one inf under one influence build more churches and whatever so that's literally just a reason to avoid conflict but conflict keeps happening all the time it's it's unavoidable you know and it always comes from these like there's this um, awesome philosopher that i love uh, krishnamurti i don't know how properly pronounce his name it's a indian guy <laughs> krishna murti i think it's <laughs> but like um he he's like 
old. Like it's it's probably around the same times as um, Alan Watts. You know, Alan Watts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alan Watts, I think it's nineteen twenty. 1940 something like that Krishnamurti is around the same time so you see you see recordings of him the same way as if, as, if, as you find recordings of Alan Watts right um, so like really old recordings and stuff and there's this one that I really like that uh, Krishnamurti is like having this uh, presentation right like um, and he says like there is this ever sustaining for thousands of years we've been at war every year every year. there's not a single year that there's no conflicts on the planet never ever ever we're now like oh no russia and ukraine yeah but yeah like have you met the rest of the planet you know we're always at war you know the only difference is how much you get to know of it how much uh it, it generates an engagement and all other things right but like, even if you, like people say like, oh, where's the world going at? Same place where it's always been going, you know, like it, it, in, a, in a circle, exactly, you know. Yeah. And that circle is like, it has worked out so far. I mean, we're still alive, right? Yeah. But that circle, if we don't break out of it, might one day just blow itself up, you know? <laughs> like if we just keep going, 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 oh, it's working, it's working, and suddenly collapses on itself and blows up you know like because it we're not immortals that's another thing that philosophy would teach you right like but before i go to that immortals party which is stoicism like so um krishnamurti right so he uh says like uh throughout history there's been this collection of things that sustain war differences from religions that don't agree with each other, cultures that don't agree with each other, countries that don't agree with each other, scientists that don't agree with each other, you know, uh, and, and all sorts of the, can't you see? And he like, he literally goes like, only a fool can see this, <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's so obvious. Like, so what is the, 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 the supreme outcome of, of like, desirable outcome to actually stop having wars is unification the only way but like then we're talking about very dangerous things too you know (laughs) because that process is not going to be beautiful it's not going to be a clean process i mean look at the world we have now it even in terms of of the cycle it's pretty unprecedented we've never had the population numbers we had we have now throughout history you know we spent like millions of years with a very stable population you know of humans because we only we it's that's a whole math thing right so like uh, a, a mathematical phenomenon if you have a certain number of populations the 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 scalability of reproduction especially of humans which we barely have one or two kids every time we we reproduce right i mean if you have twins that would be two but like it's not like dogs that have like 12 kids, you know, <laughs> 12 offspring. Uh, so we, 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 we reproduce at a, at a scalable rate. Like we, you can calculate the probability of all of that. So if you have like less than a million humans on the entire planet, and that was like around the, the times of Vikings and all of that stuff, you know, like all the way until I think, I think we broke like a, a, a billion over... I think it was like the 1800s or 1900s was the first time we were like 
1.1 billion kind of thing, you know. So it took millions of years for us to get to a, a certain number of population. Up until then, if you had like a plague or anything, that would like decimate 200,000 people, 500,000 people. That, mean, that meant literally decimating half of the human life on the planet, you know. So like we were constantly being tested against uh, uh, the probabilities of evolution, life, natural selection, and all of that, those things, you know. Uh, literally, we only survived because uh, some of us had some immunities to some diseases and other things, you know. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't have vaccines and other things. So, like, we survived literally just by nature itself. So, uh, if, if you, like, basically... Uh, um, I lose I lose my my thoughts sometimes. <laughs> so like, well, where was I going at? <laughs> um, I mean, we were talking about evolution. We talked about the the circle of life. That conflict was always um, part of it. Um, that yeah, it's it's the evolution thing. That the the amount of people on the planet was usually yeah very stable, and then they came a plague. And it diminishes. Exactly. So, yeah. like, so basically, like, it, it's only expected that some things would escalate in in a certain way, right? Like wars and diseases and all other things. But like, after we start getting to a certain numbers of populations, because it's unprecedented. That's the thing I was talking about. So it's a, we are in, we're literally in unprecedented moments of history right now. Like, it's not like sure there is a cycle of things. But we are witnessing things that has have never happened before. Even the whole thing of us as a biological life form, right? Like we're we're imagine if you have a jar at home and then you put some plants inside, and then over like weeks or something, some like little snail starts growing because there was like a uh, a nag of a snail in the plant, you know, like, and like, we're literally like this, we're, we're inside of like this closed environment, which is the atmosphere, right? The atmosphere is, is a, a dome. <laughs> the flat earth is going to like this one. It's a dome, <laughs> but like that protects the, 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 you know, life itself with like uh, an electromagnetic field. It protects from the, 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 the solar rays, the radioactive solar rays. Right. Uh, so like inside of this, environment we grew as this result of of uh molecules and and car um organic molecules right carbon and other things throughout billions of years and now we're like we're like just like this like like this flea you know we're just like just jumping out of the atmosphere and we're going to another planet this is like completely unprecedented in this cycle of things you know, like it's a life form completely taking control of its destiny in a way, I'm saying. Like it's it's completely different than everything that has ever before. But at the same time, the cycle is still happening. So we're it's like some of us through the natural selection of that's how history has happened throughout life, you know, entirely. Some of us will still will die inside of this cycle while other members of the, our life form will go into another cycle, you know what I'm saying? 
So mm-hmm. it, it, it's how it's been always, like from going from tribes to countries. You know, when we started reaching a certain amount of population on the planet, then we started forming countries and all of that stuff. First was kingdoms, right? Like we had kingdoms. If you look like at England, for example, England, the history of England is a nice uh, way. I mean, not only England, but also Germany, you know, and, and uh, uh, Sweden and the entire Nordic area, right? So like, if you look at that area, it's a perfect example of like, imagine the whole planet was just that. Take put put a notion everywhere else, you know, just in history. Just imagine humans only existed in that area there. You know, we had like before the Vikings started attacking England, which is completely isolated by water, right? Like an island. Uh, when the, before the Vikings started attacking, England had like eight kings, you know, <laughs> like nine kings or something. It was Wessex and a bunch of other. I can't remember all the names of the kingdoms, but like it was only after the this external threat of the Vikings, almost like an aliens, right? That they started working together and even through conflicts, even against themselves, right? Like they didn't want to work together. So, but like one king would like, you know what? If we keep fighting uh, uh, among among ourselves, we, we're going to keep losing to the Vikings and stuff. So, I know you're not going to stop fighting, so I'm going to kill you, take over the power. <laughs> and then as a one unified nation, I'm going to fight against the Vikings. But look at that, you know, like what, what, what's the result now in history? We have a country called England, right? And, and, and it's pretty much one unified nation, even though there is different cultures and all that stuff. But like, it's the natural cycle of, 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 of history, you know, like we have to have lessons in history in order to create other solutions. So mm-hmm. why do we know uh, that it, it for, for example, the Holocaust, why do we know that it's so bad and that we have to do everything that we can to never happen again? Literally because it happened. You see my point? If it never happened, how would, would we know to protect ourselves from it happening in the future? Mm. You know, so like it's life itself. History will always continue happening because we either learn from it to stop from it happening again yeah. or we forget and it will happen again. Yeah. Because if we forget, it's like it never happened, you know. Hmm. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. So like even the form of go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, every like horrible thing, like put it in very simple English that happened in the past, if we choose to learn from it, if we went through intense pain and realized, okay, now we got to change our course, we have to change how we think, we have to become more aware, more sensitive, um, it is for the better. Of course, it was so bad and we, yeah. We don't want to be living through it anymore or not having people suffering, but it's part of life and we can do everything to not make it repeat itself. Um, it makes total sense. Yeah. Exactly. And like even the, the, the whole concept of countries that we have now, right? Sovereignty. So the, the, the ability that the country has to completely have control over, over its own reality without suffering external influences. 
that's pretty much what sovereignty is, right? It's my country. I deal with my stuff. Even if there is a fire in the Amazon, you can't just walk in with your army and help us because we are a sovereign country, you know? So like uh, even a smaller country that pretty much has no defense or anything has the right to be protected because they are sovereign, you know? So like, let's say with a small country out there, like, uh, Azerbaijan, you know, <laughs> like if Azerbaijan gets attacked by another nation and stuff, we made an agreement like a club. We literally, as as the leaders of of the the countries that existed as a result of kingdoms and wars and a bunch of other stuff, those countries started existing. And after even more time before we continue having more conflicts, because of the conflicts that were already happening, like the First World War. You know, we then got together and you you know what? This is not sustainable. Like, it's not like it used to be before that I have like all of this land between us and my little tribe here and your little castle over there with like a thousand soldiers and I have another 2000 soldiers and then we meet and then we fight, 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 fight with like spears and stuff. And then it's my castle now, you know, like it's not like that anymore. We have a lot of people a lot of people and every war we have a lot of people die and it's a fucking nightmare so it's it's just not sustainable sure there's money involved and stuff but like even with the money involved in war and all and all the interests of creating war because of that it's still not sustainable even those guys that want war also know that too much war is a little problematic you know so they said you know what let's get together and let's sign this document that we made a club. It's literally just a club. Imagine like friends from, from kindergarten get together and you're like, every time we have a break, we're going to come to this plastic castle here and no one is going to come in without a password. You know what I'm saying? Like that's literally what a club is, you know. The UN is a club. It's not an official thing because it's not even sovereign on itself. You know, it's just the result of international cooperation. You know, so um, because the, the, the majority of the countries, which is 219, I think, are in the UN, I think the total is 226, 22. I don't know. There's some countries that are not in the UN, like Taiwan. Taiwan? I might be confusing, but yeah. Uh, it, the, the, the island outside of China. Is it Taiwan? I think it's Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Taiwan is like a country on itself, but it's not part of the UN. So no one, no one that's part of the UN, Brazil, Canada, Germany, no one recognizes Taiwan as a country. You know, no one because they are not part of the UN. That's how it works. If you're part of the UN, everyone else recognizes each other as a country, as an official country. And therefore, sovereignty exists because they agree on creating sovereignty because they also want sovereignty for themselves. Right. So it's like uh, we, we were constantly at this huge wave. We were constantly at this huge wave throughout history. Right. And then we kind of like stabilized a little bit more with this, with this cooperation, because, again, population numbers. We started reaching six, seven billion people. You know, we're almost at eight. I think we passed seven point five already. So we're close, getting closer to eight 
billion people. You know, so like the more people on the planet, the more of these social demands of peace, harmony started raising up more. Wars now are like before it was completely defined by the leaders of a country. And now it's like if a leader of a country declares war at another country, there is enough population of civilians to completely take change the outcome of, of that war, you know, like either force the country to pull off the war or other things, you know, like it, there is a, a, an unprecedented weight on that. You know, there's a lot more weight on, on the, on the power that the civilians have because we are more powerful as people in our lives too. We're not, uh, we're not like the, the, you know, the farmers back in, in, in medieval times that literally had, would what would you do? Nothing, you know. <laughs> now, like even uh, um, a billionaire like Elon Musk can like really change the outcome of some things. Like with the uh, Ukraine thing, his invention of of uh, internet satellites really made Ukraine have a huge ad advantage over the war because Russia would attack them, trying to cut their communications, right? Which makes strategic movements a lot harder if you don't have communication, proper communication. But then the whole internet is still working because it's coming from the, from, from, from satellites, you know, uh, and a lot of satellites. So it's not like Russia can just send a missile and destroy it, you know, even though they might be trying, you know, but like, so like it's, it's one individual, one individual, it's not a country. It's not, uh, um, you know, like, uh, like no other huge force, religion, people, a group of people. No, it's one person, literally one person that went through his own journey with his own goals, you know, like a useful goal for humanity, which yeah. is advancement of technology, you know, and other things. And he's using that to help, you know what I'm saying? So like you have a difference, even when it comes to these people, right? You have like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. One is all about the money and himself and his own ego, right? Like he wants to like show off and spend with futile things. And, and the other guy is like walking barefoot, lives under the, the poverty line, like literally sleeps in, in, in couches and stuff. It's Elon Musk, you know, like <laughs> mm -hmm. the guy doesn't have any money in his bank account. Like he literally doesn't liquidate anything. You know, mm -hmm. all of his assets are completely... I no, I totally agree. I just thought of yeah. of Jeff, and of course, what he represents as a you know personality is is very extreme compared to Elon Musk. But think of the world um, without Amazon, like we would. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it is also it, a solution. Yeah, yeah, it's also something that he he is you know, bringing to the world that we use probably, I don't know, every day, every week, every month at least. And, um, but he chooses to, to, yeah, present himself uh, differently yeah. and is maybe not as humble as Elon Musk. Um, yeah. So I just do it. But he did make useful things for sure. Exactly. Like especially even, even his own, like he's also competing against Elon Musk with the whole space thing, right? And that's awesome. That's great, yeah. you know, because yeah. 
Like, even Elon Musk loves the whole thing. Like, he's, like, excited for more competition because yes. it inspires him, too, you know? Like, to be better. Like, oh, yeah. they're doing this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Push a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. creates great things if you don't let it crush you. And I love, in everything you say, like, I take so much more away from, from what you say. But what I take away is that the individual is so much more powerful than we want to um, admit at times and then we feel at times and this leads to my next question to you um, how do you like how do you use media how do you inform yourself how do you keep the big picture in mind um, share with us to to help people who are listening who are right now feeling yeah powerless and desperate and Everything is dark. Every everything is going to go down. Um, what can we share with with the people who, yeah, feel a little more dark than a couple years ago? Well, I think everything starts with like at least for me. I, I I approach pretty much every information I have and reality itself from my stoic point of view. You know, so stoicism is like a, a philosophy not only influenced by uh, the the what's his name whatever stoic blah, 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 the name of the guy itself but also influenced by marcus aurelius seneca you know and other philosophers and stuff which are the ones i study more there's this i, for, I forgot the name of the guy but like it's the guy that which the name stoic comes from you know but like that guy i never really studied i've always studied marcus aurelius and seneca as my main stoic point of view type of uh um, influencers you know what I'm saying um, and um, basically what stoicism is always talking about is uh, to it's pointless to worry about the things that you don't have control over you know and and from that point on understanding the things that you don't have control over even goes over understanding life itself death and all the other things you know uh, you always have to remind yourself you're mortal You know, and life is life. You know, it's part of, there's there's things that you can't control. You have a choice. You either live life understanding those things or you will always be in pain because of the things that you, you can control. It's a, it starts with that choice, you know what I'm saying? Uh, identifying those things. What is the reality and what is the things that inside of that reality that I can't control? Uh, history is one of those things. And why were you not sad when other moments of history happened? Because you either weren't there or because you never really got to know about that, you know? So when you get to know about another piece of information, you have a choice of what you do with that. You have a choice to behave like, okay, but if I didn't know this, would it be affecting me? You know, like, I'm here in my country, things are working, and I hope things work out there, even if they get worse before they do, you know, but it is part of the getting better, you know. So, like, even the whole conflict with Russia, an example, like, the way this is happening, it was unavoidable. It will happen, it would happen any and in the future at any moment, you know, the same way as already started happening since years ago, you know. Um, The whole conflict in that area is ancient, you know, like there, the, uh, Ukraine has been invaded since it was a, a kingdom, 
for thousands of years, <laughs> you know, and because of that conflict in that area. And for in, during that time in history, Ukraine once was part of the uh, uh, Soviet Union. Be, but before the Soviet Union, they were independent as well, you know. So they got consumed by the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union took over for generations in there. Uh, and then the Soviet Union lost the war and then got broken apart. Uh, Ukraine declared itself independent and, and separated its history again from, from Russia. But the whole thing is happening again because, again, it hasn't been solved. It has always been just pushed forward and, you know, like, but the threat always still exists is the whole ideology Putin is a guy that since he took over, he's, he talks about bringing the Soviet Union back in power. You know, like it's, it's an open discussion thing. It's not like hidden from anyone and stuff. Like he talks about it. Uh, he talks in, about it in a way that's not going to bring him any, any uh, international issues. So he talks very softly about it. But you know it's in his mind. It's, you know it's part of his plan, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Soviet Union never really stopped existing. You know, it, they were forced to change their names. They were forced to uh, follow under a, a specific type of regime. You know, mm -hmm. because of NATO and not ten. You know, like the the international community after the wars, the conflicts took over and like forced them to stay in line. But the organization itself, the ideology, kept living on for, for generations, you know. So Putin is really still the result of that ideology. It's the, still the same Soviet Union mentality. So it would, the only way this would never happen is if one day uh, he would die and then some other democratic movement would take over in Russia, uh, freedom of market, you know, freedom of even, you know, everything else, being gay and all of that stuff. You know, if like the whole reality of Russia would change politically, but in even for that, it meant uh, it wouldn't be like one day Putin would just call for elections and allow that to happen. You know, it would be either by a coup, you know, coup de start, so like a, 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 a like a strike a government like you know like attack right like they would take over or uh or him just having a health issue itself and then dying and then the the power being fought off by other people involved in that you know and hopefully the right one taking over so like it, it's not a beautiful process even when it would be happening it would be like oh that's ugh, nasty you know no one would like that it would be like oh where's the world going at you know but it, it's going at the progress that it has to you know yeah. uh so like even this whole conflict itself right now that's happening it's better to be happening now i mean and i'm talking about again like oh my god are you saying that it's good no <laughs> again we're looking at history from like imagining the planet you know and like looking for thousands of years and stuff it's better to happen now while we still have some kind of organization with the whole world and stuff and then might be the last conflict between that that issue with russia and ukraine because even the movement this movement strategically speaking this whole movement that putin did is dumb it's his final like it's it's gonna be his own undoing, you know. It's his, it, it's literally his downfall. So like he's gonna either keep pushing, 
and then eventually win and then take over. And then from that takeover, his territory is going to be breaking a bunch of international laws agreed by, because once he takes over and Ukraine becomes part of Russia, then his territory is too close to atomic bombs from the Allies, atomic bombs, bombs from the OTAN and other stuff. And that breaks a bunch of other rules and stuff. So he will demand those atomic bombs to be removed, you know, and then the allies will be like, we're not going to remove them, you know. And then another conflict is going to keep happening because now his territory is too close to that and he's going to demand those things and stuff. Or he's not going to win, which is most likely. There is no way he's going to take over Ukraine because Ukraine is like, right now it's a proxy war, right? No other countries can get involved because if they get involved, then it triggers a bunch of other international mechanisms of agreements of defense, you know, and stuff. So no, no other countries can get involved, but they can get involved by proxy, which means they can send weapons and technology and information and money to Ukraine, you know, and help Ukraine hold off the, the threat. And so far, Russia is getting their ass kicked. You know, I mean, it's been bad for Ukraine and lots of destruction, yes, but it is not going like Putin had imagined. Putin thought and it was like, in a week, we're going to take the whole thing. In three days, we're going to take the whole thing off. <laughs> no, he's like getting his ass kicked. He would send like, there's this even one video that like three jets of Russian, three, three Russian jets, more advanced even, got taken down by one jet of, of, of Ukraine, you know. And, and there's even this whole motivation behind it, right? Like the, the, the Russian soldiers, they're being told that Ukraine is getting invaded by Nazis and, and, and communists and, you know, and there's a dictatorship going on and stuff. <laughs> and so, like, they're not super motivated because they, it's kind of like you believe because you've been indoctrinated to believe in whatever the government tells you. But at the same time, you kind of know something is off, you know? <laughs> so you're not really fighting with all your strength, but the Ukrainians are fighting with their souls for this, you know? <laughs> so one jet fighter can take a more advanced other ones because they are at their right. They're feeling like, I need to defend my country. Yeah. And the Russians are just like, well, I gave, I'm following orders. They told me to attack, <laughs> you know? But they're not really doing with like, I need to go there and fight. You know, they're not fighting with their souls. Yeah. So it, this war is not going to go like it. They, they will not win. You know, it's going to be destructive and stuff. But at some point, he will either have to retreat or he will fall uh, uh, to someone inside of the government. Someone inside of the government, even the army itself might be like, you know what? This is insane. I'm losing my men and I'm losing everyone and stuff, you know? So, like, uh, we're just going to go and take, like, either kill him or literally just take him out of power, put him in jail, throw him in some jail, secret jail that no one's in Siberia, you know, that no one's going to know about it. Uh, so, like, I mean, Napoleon, Napoleon was kind of like that, right? No one killed Napoleon because it's, it's a symbol of power. Like, if you kill that guy that power just explodes everywhere and people will fight for it and it's going to be nasty but if you just like put him in a secret place and no one knows about it you know it's like well he might come back and like i'm, I'm better just behave a little bit you know like so people kind of hold back their their ambitions a little more because the guy is still alive so you know but anyway like it it 
it's not going to go too far, you know? And even another option is uh, he might misfire something and hit another country and hit another population or even kill the member of another another uh, nation that's inside of Ukraine and is important, like the leader of some Indian political party, you know, that's in Ukraine. I don't know, anything like that. Yeah. And by that causing the other countries to get involved, not by proxy, but directly, and then push him back totally, you know, and then take get inside of, of Russia and take over, like 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 we did with Afghanistan and other countries, you know, like but yeah. like anyway, that might be the last conflict. That might be the conflict that we need in order for this to not happen again. You yeah. Know? The same way as we we had other moments in history. Yeah. No, I it all makes sense what you say and but it's not I, in your control <laughs> no it's not it's not in my control and um i love the the stoic approach um that you shouldn't yeah get too tangled up with things that you have no control over i have a friend from from calgary who actually flew to um poland and is now in the ukraine to actively help And I find that so incredibly cool because he was just sick and tired of feeling powerless in Calgary in on his little farm there, having all the, you know, everything he needed and decided to go and help. And I find that. But even at that, look how unprecedented that is, right? Because that person is just one individual. Imagine yeah. 500 years ago, would that person be able to have the power to be like, I want to relocate my body to the other part of the planet? Yeah. That would be hard as fuck. <laughs> like, that's a lot of power. And how does that power come from? Airplanes, which is an advancement that we, we had through science, through engineering, through education in universities, allowing more people to have more information and then have a lot more engineers working on those things, right? And, but weren't the airplanes also used for war right after they were invented? I mean, they were actually, their, their advancement were pushed because of, of war. You know, like before the war, they were just a prototype. And yeah. then the war came and they were like, you know that prototype? Let's make this, that thing work better, you know? Like, and then they just kept like week after week releasing new, new airplanes, new airplanes, new airplanes, new airplanes. And then after the war, we were like, oh, let's make this nice commercial airplane to take people to the other side of the planet. Yeah. Because we learned from the lesson how to use the information we had in a better way, you know. Mm. We still have war airplanes, but, you know, <laughs> but we, we're still making a progress. We are. <laughs> it's going to take a lot more time for even not have the, those war ones. Yeah. Yeah. And what I also loved what you said is, um, like, I imagined uh, Russia and, and Ukraine as uh, sparring partners, you know, martial arts. I love martial arts and to picture, okay, the one guy has just hatred and wants to destroy. And the other guy was, he wants to have fun. He wants to conquer his opponent and be good at what he does. And the different intention that your sparring partners can have is going to directly affect your outcome. Um, I think that's what I understood what you said with... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and it's funny that you that. took it to martial arts because like I, I take a lot of my analysis from martial arts too mm -hmm. um, um, brown belt of kung fu um, yellow which is not much in taekwondo one year of krav maga one two years of muay thai 
And I think that's it. Oh, I know. You did, Sue. Come on. Kickboxing thing. Yeah. No, I don't like full contact. Right, <laughs> I never right. liked like staying there and being like, yeah, I'm going to grab you <laughs> here and I'm going to grab your leg. Like, I don't like before that, I feel like kicking the guy's face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's my, my instinct is more like fast contact. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, Fair. But but in any way, like Kung Fu is the one I, I advanced the most, right? Like almost got to, to black belt. Uh, but like I did, I think like eight years of Kung Fu in my life. And my master was very philosophical, you know, like we learned a lot about like discipline and respect and all of the things. And even how to understand these conflict things, right? I also read a lot of uh, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, and it's kind of one of my favorite books. Uh, and it's a very simple one. You can literally read the whole thing one afternoon, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's very simple. It's just notes, quick notes, you know, it's not like complicated taxes or anything. Um, but like, if you put that concept of like the entire thing that Sun Tzu teaches you with martial arts and all that stuff, like I, I analyze a lot of things like this and martial arts is actually one of the first things too in my life that I realized that like depression and uh, sadness or any type of things that you think you don't have control because there's that too you might sure there's things that you don't have control but there's some things that you think you don't have control and you also have to watch out for those things so you don't become like uh, uh, a commodist like someone in a comfortable zone right mm. like oh i can't do anything about it right that's kind of like a nihilism even <laughs> you gave up on thinking on doing anything because you think everything you don't have control but there's some things that you do have control, your mental health, your reality, you know, even if it moves very slowly, but you can change your reality in a 10 years period, you can become anyone, <laughs> anyone, you know, you might be the person that just plays video game all day, is overweight and uh, is bad at sports and all that stuff. But if you decide that in 10 years, you will become the guy that runs in a full on Adidas suit with his gold retriever at 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, running around that those people that you see in the morning <laughs> when you're driving to work and you're like that guy's running. It's I, I barely even woken up already, you know, like, and the guy's already running and, and jogging with his dog and stuff. You can become any type of person, any personality, any, you know, profile of type of person. You, you know, when you say like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like this, I'm, this is my type of person. I'm introvert. I'm this, I'm, 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 I'm lazy. I blah, blah, blah. You know, like you can change the whole profile and become an entirely different person, you know? And and that's really like through this an analysis of martial arts. Mm. Yeah. So, what's your favorite quote from uh, Bruce Lee or any martial arts? <laughs> well, Bruce Lee, actually, one of the favorite ones I have is the one about water, right? That yes. he goes and says, "Yeah, like um, uh, uh, if you put water into a cup, it becomes yeah. the cup. If you put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. If you put water into a teapot, it becomes the teapot." Now water can flow or you can crash. Be water, my friend. Yeah. yeah. I remember by heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I could be sitting here for a couple more hours and listen to you. And I'm pretty sure we didn't disappoint our listeners. Like I really feel my podcast wouldn't be complete if I didn't have you here because your words 
make total sense. I love where your brain goes and I love how you explain things, how you express yourself. But your energy, like I wish someday we can put this on YouTube, um, is so soothing and so close to saying fatherly, brotherly. And, and you, know, you're, you love people. You went through extreme hardship. I wish I could hug Gabrielle from when he was seven years old and, and homeless um, and tell him that he's going to become a wonderful, precious man. I, I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't believe, like, even if you went back 10 years ago mm. and you told me the person I am today and all everything that I do on a daily basis, I wouldn't, I, I would say, like, math. You're crazy. Like, I hate mathematics, you know? <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't, like, I, I've always wanted to be a scientist, but, like, back then, it would be more like computer science, you know? But but yeah. even that, I kind of, like, I, I dropped out, and then I went to study international relations because I was too afraid of the math. You know, yeah. when I was, like, taking already calculus three, I was like, I, I why am I doing this? Like, I don't see the point, you know, because I had a better education too. Like my teachers, my professors from the university back in Brazil, they were too, just memorize this. Why for? Uh, just do it, you know, like they didn't really show, they didn't guide the information as like, if someone like me were to go back in time and talk to me about math, you know, and, and show me the point behind it, I probably would be marvelous, you know, like I'll be like, oh my God, really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of that, like, I didn't see the point in, in, like, how everything has a number, you know, like, everything, everything. And there is, like, these beautiful, pleasing coincidences of numbers in nature, you know, like, from ratios of sizes of planets to the, the strength of gravity. If gravity was, like, a little bit weaker, planets would just start flying everywhere. If gravity was just a little bit stronger, planets would just fall to their stars and things would be like completely chaos all the time. Mm. It's, it's, there's this mathematical balance. It's a number that you can calculate and you find between mass and gravity, you know, the attraction is, it's a mathematical balance, yeah. you know? So like when you understand how numbers apply to these balances, it's, It's curious. You want to know more. You know, you want to understand more. It's hard. Like, don't get me wrong. I suck at it. I'm really bad at math still, <laughs> you know, but like I study all the time. Like I'm always studying, you know, like wow. this is really like, and these things I would not even dream of understanding, you know, like I look at them and I'm like, ah, I understand them, <laughs> you know, but why do I understand them? Because I pushed against the pain, you know, of, yes. and I still do. Yes. Every time I'm going to start studying, I'm like, ah, uh, it's going to, because uh. you know, it takes eight hours of studying for you to like, oh, oh, I understand this question now, <laughs> you know, but then next, next, next day, when you approach that same question again, it's not eight hours anymore. It's going to be another eight hours for a new type of subject, a new type of calculation. But then it's not going to be anymore the next time. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's just like you just have to keep pushing. It's just kind of like the same thing with meditation. People say, oh, I can't do math because you don't do math. Oh, I can't meditate because you don't meditate. <laughs> you know, like if you don't meditate, it's not going to be like, Oh, I have the ability of sitting down and being like, ah, oh, 
meditation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you never meditated before, like if you never meditated, even if you're a super calm person, I've seen it. I've seen it. Let's meditate. The, the guy is like super calm. He always speaks like this, but never meditated in his own life. And then let's sit down and let meditate. Sits down and he's like, Can't focus, can't like, can't like let go of the body and relax. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Always like eating something, shaking something, or like checks the phone. You know, like so, a person that never meditates will never be able to meditate right away. It's mm -hmm. about like creating the habit of every day, yes. and maybe even removing the word. Like when you put like I'm gonna meditate, then you put this pressure of a method of a process. Instead of saying, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to take some time to think. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. You know, just take yeah. five minutes, sit down and think about things that your mind want to think. Whatever thought comes, deal with it, process the thought, slow down, you know. I mean, we're everyday driving, we're everyday cooking and talking to people and going to work. And like we wake up and now it's phone and then go and then do things. That do, and then we get to a point and we're like, oh, I'm going to sleep and then repeat everything the next day. Right. But like, when do you allow yourself to think about what your mind wants to think? Mm -hmm. Like the, what I'm feeling, what is it that I'm feeling? Where I am, where am I now, right now? You know, yeah. uh, Am I okay? Am I happy? You know, like, and sometimes people say like, I'm depressed. I don't know why, because you haven't allowed your mind to find the why, you know, you're always like running, running, running. Autopilot. So like it's meditation. It's literally yeah, autopilot. Exactly. So like uh, meditation is literally just allowing yourself to sit down for a moment and, and not have your mind think about anything else that it doesn't have to just think yeah. about whatever it wants to think. It's scary at first because <laughs> sometimes depending on how much you have bottled up, you're going to have to face a bunch of really bad thoughts that on a daily basis, when those thoughts come, you just like, and then you do something else and you go work and you answer phone or, you know, but when you're meditating for the first time, you're going to face those thoughts of like the things that are making you anxious and you don't want to deal with it. Sometimes it's even some work that you're putting off or, or you dropped out of university or college and it's way past beyond the time for you to go back and you're like feeling anxious in your life every day and feeling sad and you don't know why. It's because you're resisting to the movements that you have to do. Even in physics, you learn this. There's not a single thing that is still. Nothing is still. Even if you grab uh, like any piece of, of like a, this here, it's a plastic, right? And you put inside a, on top of a table completely not moving. Is it still? It's moving through space and time at a velocity so high that it creates matter, that it becomes matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the planet, the solar system, everything's moving through a fabric of reality. You know, the, the solar system is not just, and that's another thing, like, right, when you, when you look at these things, it kind of brings some peace. First, it's scary, but like, after you understand that there's these much heat, much bigger things than you, you know, much bigger forces, and you're just part of these mechanics, you know, then you, you understand that the, it, it's, it, it, it's literally what life is all about, you know? So like the solar system itself 
it's not just this thing that we keep imagining from school, like sitting there and some plants moving around and that's it, you know? No, it's this raging thing that's moving through around the galaxy. When dinosaurs existed, when dinosaurs existed, it was on the other side of the galaxy, literally on the opposite side of the galaxy, in, in distances that we can't even comprehend to human mind, like traveling or even seeing at the other side of the galaxy is impossible, you know, because of all the light that is in the way, you know, all the, the uh, uh, debris and particles and dust and everything. It's impossible to see on the other side. It's literally millions of light years away, you know, mm. and like meaning, the, the distance that light would take to travel in millions of years. You know, you release light and you wait millions of years. That distance is how far the dinosaurs were. <laughs> you know, like it's on the other side of the galaxy. So like we're moving around that. And even the galaxy itself is also moving through space, you know. <laughs> and that's... <laughs> so like we're, we're literally just existing because our matter is moving at such speeds that it's vibrating into existence, you know? <laughs> so like you're, you're made of atoms, right? These atoms are always vibrating, but like they're literally emptiness. Your hand is made of 99.999% vacuum, nothingness, literally. And why can't you go through objects, right? Why can't you go through your phone or your table or anything if it's 99% vacuum? Because it's vibrating at such speeds that it exists in all places at the same time in this reality. If you analyze the atom at an atomic level, at a quantum level, you're going to see the atom vibrating and occupying this huge area by vibrating so fast that it's going everywhere, right? But like if you put a bunch of all the other atoms together and they're vibrating like this, they occupy a space so big that when you come to this dimension of our reality, it's matter, solid matter, you know? But like, imagine, for example, perfect example for this is uh, ice cube and liquid water. Why can you make them go through each other? Because they're vibrating at a different level, you know? But why can't you make, make a, one ice go through the other ice? Because they're vibrating at the same level. So mm. they can't go through each other, you know. Mm. Same thing, you can walk through the atmosphere right now. There's, it's not like here there's air. Some people would say there's air here. And some people would say there's nothing here, right? It depends on how they see reality. They'll say, oh, there's nothing between us. Or they say, oh, there's just air between us. I say there's an ocean of gases between us, <laughs> you know, because that's what I, I see. I see us submerged by an ocean of gases and this ocean of gases, you can really weight the, 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 the weight of, the, of that pressure on you. And it's about three kilos every inch or something, um, cubic centimeters. You know, so like it's the weight of air itself because you're literally under the water. Mm -hmm. Your body evolved to push that against, you know. So everything's like a balance, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when you understand these things, you know that you're, you're not just existing, you know, you're like literally the manifestation of matter into consciousness, <laughs> you know, like your atoms, your atoms, what are trees made of? What are trees made of? People would say uh, it's made of water. It's made of 
light. I've seen people say it's made of light. It's a good intuition, like, right? like thinking photosynthesis, ah, it's made of light. No, that would be a lot of energy <laughs> to make matter as dense as wood and leaves out of pure light. The tree is made of carbons. Basically, it's nine, like nine something percent carbon, and then there is like other, other materials, other ingredients, right? Like like even oxygen itself, uh, carbon monoxide, carbon uh, carbon monoxide, uh, and and other things. So like the tree is made ninety nine percent of carbon, and that carbon comes from the soil, the planet itself, basically, you know. And the carbon that comes from that also once came from other trees. Right. That's how we when we want to uh, uh, prepare a farm or something, we're going to uh, throw a type of, of uh, uh, fertilizer that is based on uh, other carbon life forms, you know? <laughs> like, like feces, for example. It's basically us putting a very rich in, 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 in carbon and other things and other nutrients soil onto the earth so that the, the tree can grow and take those nutrients out to form itself, right? Same thing as you, as a human, uh, throughout your lifetime, I think it's up until you're like 20 years old or something. When you're 20 or something, your whole body is already a whole new body. It's not the same body that came out of your mom. Mm. It's not, you know, not even one single cell was in there in your mom anymore because you lose all your cells and you replenish them with new ones, bone cells, skin cells, hair, all of that stuff. You, you replenish all of that throughout your life. So imagine if you only eat McDonald's your whole life, what are you made of when you're 20? <laughs> you're made of McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. You're made of whatever molecules were inside of that food that you ate. You know, so you are what you eat, you know, the same way as your mind is what you consume. Yes. You know? So you have like it's it, it. There is a there is a correlation of all of these things, you know. <laughs> so mm. like and even and even these atoms go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you just said. And I love how you you describe the yeah, what the tree is made of, what we are made of and that our mind is what we consume and then when you look at the, the the atoms and the carbon everything that is around us and our consciousness and how we can change our perspectives on those material things that we think that are lifeless you know is is a whole whole new topic that i would like you to come back to the show and, and talk about it. But yeah. today, unfortunately, we have to come to an end. Uh, I feel very rude to... <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. I, if you let me, I, I speak for hours. Yes. <laughs> so it's okay. It's so beautiful to... It's, it's beautiful to listen to you. I, let, let, me, let me just close a little bit of that thought of the, of the atom yes. thing. So like uh, the carbon that you're made of and the, that came from trees and all of that stuff, like all of this... What's important of understanding is that there's a finite number, you know, because there's not a single atom that is created by life. So, like, uh, if you have a kid, right, if right now you, you grow a kid and then you have that kid and the kid grows, that kid is not new carbon. 
it's really just made of the carbon that you consumed throughout your life because when you have a, a, a child it's going to extract some of your own new nutrients and it's also going to extract some of the nutrients that you consume while you eat right so you have to have a different diet and all that stuff so like all of that those carbons and all that stuff also came from other things and if you keep tracking everything it goes back to stars itself you know so like uh, uh, really the carbon and all the molecules that you're made of they are the result of a, 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 a physics physics process, a chemical process called fusion, right? So it's like it's an, an unimaginable amount of energy that we're now discovering. We're creating fusion reactors for the first time in history. We're still testing them, but they're kind of working. We can't really stabilize the energy because it's a lot of energy. It's pretty much creating a sun itself because the sun is a star, and the star is the only thing in nature capable of creating that process of fusion you know so like every single piece of atom that you're made of came from stars that blew up and then became gases and then formed in the planets and fell into the atmosphere and so on and so forth right so meaning there is a finite number of things for everything even if you had too many humans alive on the planet that means you extracted all of that from the soil and it's in the bodies of people you know what i'm saying mm. so you you are extracting from a limited source you know carbon and molecules and everything it's limited mm. it's always limited i mean we have huge amounts of it but there is a limit you know there is a limit so if we put like 30 billion people on the planet and those people also have to consume even more and all of that stuff it's not sustainable no. you know that's why it's important for us to keep evolving and going to further developments you know like even yeah. going to other planets it might be ridiculous it might sound like oh it's going to be for rich people and stuff no and it might even at the beginning sure so what so it was every other type of expansion of our life you know uh, when, when we went to other countries and we explored other continents with the conflicts and all that stuff but you know we're learning from all of that and we keep we have to keep going because it's all limited mm. you know? but the, the whole universe has a lot more to offer for us you know yeah so yeah basically <laughs> just remember that everything is connected you know the universe everything reality you know and you're made of the reality itself stars blew up and then everything came to came together to then form a life form uh the first unicellular life form right like one cell and then that cell multiplied and then eventually became a group of cells that then kept evolving and then it started thinking Oh, I'm depressed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it forgot the whole connection of life itself. Yeah. Imagine, do you think animals, animals, that's a perfect thing that can, I have to say that. <laughs> I know I'm extending you a little bit, but like uh, the whole thing of analyzing how animals perceive reality. Animals are always in the present. You know, they don't have the complexity of like the complex mind of like approaching reality and and suffering by anticipation, you know, suffering by imagination. Oh, this might happen tomorrow. Where's my life going at? No, they're just I have to eat. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing that goes through their mind. I have to eat. Basically, they're just living in that present. Right. And they don't. Uh, the only way an animal can perceive depression is if you torture an animal, you know? Mm -hmm. So imagine this. What, what does that say about depression? It means that if you're feeling depressed, you're feeling tortured. And you're feeling tortured. Why? Because you're not expressing your life purpose. Yes. You know, like, 
mm. the same way as an animal. An animal feels happy because it's it's doing what it's meant to do. Mm. You know, like it's connected in his own purpose of of his instincts and 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 his desires. And he goes after. He he gets the food and he feels happy and he keeps going. He doesn't feel sad that he had to sleep under the the, the 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 rain on a forest by a tree you know because <laughs> he doesn't desire these other things of like more comfort and all that stuff he doesn't complicate reality life in itself so mm. it, it's a matter of everything it's a choice that's why it's a choice of how you perceive it yeah. how you go about it you know it's not like a choice that you feel depressed no it's a choice of how you perceive what is causing your depression and what you do about it and all of that stuff mm. what a beautiful closing i'm glad that you brought out the animals because i can totally see this being true and we can learn lots from the animals we can learn lots from other people who go through depression and learn from their perspectives. And thank you so much for, for all your energy today. I'm, I'm sure you must feel exhausted now or even more energized than ever. Um, no way, you know, we're more energized. More this energized. is great. This is great. And, yeah. and I like I'll reflecting back. about things. It reminds me, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, this reminds is great. Me. And people have to hear this. People have to, you know, sometimes be sucked out of and drink water. Active, drink water, drink stay water. hydrated. And um, yeah, I'll have you back here with us. All right. Yeah. To me, it's not even like a pressure or anything. I'm just here having a conversation. So whenever you want to have that call, we can have that call. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> well, this was one of the longest interviews I ever had here. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. I think my main takeaway is that we need to open our minds. We need to be willing to see another person's perspective. And sometimes in doing so and letting go of our grip um, of our opinions, we feel better. We feel more connected. All right, I'm going to let you go for now. Take good care. Um, if you want to connect with Gabriel, I want to put all the links into the show notes and I'll be out there for you very soon again. Bye-bye.